Thank you for listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. We pray that this message strengthens and encourages you in your walk with God. So, if you would, go ahead and turn with your Bibles, uh, turn in your Bibles with me to Acts uh, chapter 2. And I've titled this message, The Place and the Power of the Believer. And there's two types of supernatural. There, you know, there's a lot of supernatural stuff. However, I've condensed it down. I've tried to condense it down into two types of supernatural. One, where the sovereign God moves on you. And the other is where you move the sovereign God. Now, what does that mean? One, where God has commanded you to do something that is completely out of your wheelhouse i.e. healing, uh, cleansing the lepers, casting out demons. The spirit of the sovereign God has to move upon you to do that. However, there is another place where we move the heart of God in our relationships, in our, how we do family, and in, in the character that we have. Acts 2 verse uh, 1 through 4. We're just going to read 1 through 4 real quick. Um, it says this, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. So right there, we see unity. Uh, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound of he- from heaven as, if, as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay, so their unity together and the Holy Spirit moving upon them. This is an example of God moving, a sovereign God moving on his people. Honestly, we could read up to verse 42 and it would all fit. Everything that, happened, that transpired in Acts 2 was a cause of these two things. The Spirit moving on his people, and the people moving the Spirit. And then let's go to Acts 2, same chapter, but verse 42, it says this. It says this. Uh, Yep, all right. Uh, And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayer. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among anyone who had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the, added to the church daily those who are being saved. Now, we see in this that the, the, the people, the, the, the disciples, the apostles in the upper room moved the Holy Spirit um, with this. It was not their supernatural ability to do things. It wasn't their casting out the demons. It wasn't raising the, or healing the sick and raising the dead. It was the simplicity of how they did life together. And so 
one thing we have to, we have to be certain of is that you can't have the, the, the anointing, the miracles, the signs, the wonders without having the character. There's a lot of people who run, run around in mainstream circles in, in, Christi- in American Christianity who have no love for the people, yet they can do great things. And at the end of the day, that falls under the scripture, what good does it to gain the world but to lose your soul? We want to be a people who are not moved so much by the miracles as much as we are moved by the Holy Spirit and his love for the people. And so we don't seek out miracles. They are a consequence of us loving God and loving people. Now, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't do those things because the Great Commission commands us to, to cast out demons, lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. And, and we, we see that. And so we're not looking to be lazy. We're looking to have our hearts prioritized rightly. This is the Acts 2, verse 42 and 47 is people moving the sovereign God. Your call, if you're called to pray over a sick person and believe for their healing, the Lord, that's the Lord moving on your behalf. You loving God and loving his people as commanded by Jesus moves the Lord. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 12 through 16. If you want to, you can go with me there. Um, If not, I will try to read it as quickly as possible. Chapter 7, verse 12. Should have put a sticky note here. These pages, man, they all stick together sometimes. That's why my Bible looks like a rave. I'm one of those people who, like, I can't write in my Bible... I read it, and then like I have to put sticky notes in it, because if I don't, I'll never find it again. Uh, even if I'm reading it, I'll be looking for it, but I can't find it. <laughs> uh, my dad is the complete opposite. He highlights, he writes notes. I have sticky notes, and uh, it's a little bit dangerous, because they could fall out at any time, but we walk by faith, not by sight. So, Second um, Chronicles chapter 7, verse 12, says this. This is, the, this is God's second appearance to Solomon. It says, Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer, and I have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up the heaven and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land and send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers made to this pl- in, in this place. For you, for now, I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name be there forever, and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. Now, this is the Lord moving upon, this is the people moving the Lord. How do, why do I say that? Because repentance brings the Lord back into the equation. Basically, he says, you know, it, the, it's a very popular verse, especially with things that have happened in the past two to five years. Uh, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven 
there, it, it's, it's by us approaching God that we move the Lord, okay? It's, it's not a pride thing that says, I'm going to make the Holy Spirit move. It is a love thing by saying, I love him, and if any offense that I've caused him, I will repent of it. Because after that, he can't help but move. Understand that God can't bless, he, he, he loves you, and he blesses you where, you where he can, but when you willingly walk out from him and you choose to sin, he cannot bring you to the fullness of what he wants for your life. You made that decision to walk away, but his heart is always to bring you back around. He's, he's so good that he is willing, for, willing that you go through hell to come back to him. And that's, we see that love through the prodigal son. The, the father did not want the things to happen for his son. However, it was when the son moved back to the father that the father moved to the son. And so, it's not by works lest any man should boast. However, there is a place in God, in your walk with the Lord, where you have to have the maturity to say, I want him to move. I, I want to move him. What, what can I do for the living God? Who, he's eternal. He's been here since before the creation of the earth. And he'll be here long after. How do I move him? Only through obedience. God can only move through your obedience. And you can only move God through your obedience. God's plan is to prosper you, but only if you align yourself with him. God loves you too much for you to succeed on your own. A gift plus isolation equals pride, and pride leads to a fall. So we, as local body, strive to see each member walking in obedience to God. Now, what does, what does isolation have to do with it? If you search, if you, if you search out the, the, the scriptures and you search out the Lord for your gift, healing, signs, wonders, prophecy, all those great things, but you don't have people around you, it will lead to your pride. You will, you will cause your own downfall through isolation. And people, you know, there's a lot of people who don't like that because they say, well, we're a king, you know, it's the kingdom and it's the church outside. Yes, but every person is called to be in a local body. You cannot function outside of the local body. What good is it for a prophet to prophesy to no one that's there? Or an evangelist to save someone and have nowhere else to send them to? And have no idea how to disciple them. What good is it a preacher to have no flock, a pastor to have no flock? We see that the local church is an organism that was made to grow. And so with, with, how, we, with how we conduct ourselves, we're called to be members of, a, you know, we're not members of a church organization. We're called to be members of a body, which means disconnection is actually far more dangerous the pinky doesn't go on living if it's cut from the body. And so each person has an important role and an important part to play. And so we, we, we never want to take our gift and try to move away from the body. We always want to be coming into the body and using our gift to uh, expound the body, expand the body, to, to, to push things forward for the kingdom. Um, some of you, you know, you're, you have a, an anointing just to be friendly. Okay, that's great. How can you serve the body? You serve the body by just being friendly. 
by talking to people. There are people who come through these doors who, who just need encouragement. You don't have to prophesy and you don't have to know everything wrong, but you do have to be encouraging. Sometimes prophecy happens when we're not intending on prophesying because it's edifying, it's uplifting, and it's a comfort to men. So we think that the Lord God said that you're in sin, and, but he's going to deliver you. That may not happen. Sometimes it has. Not saying it's good or bad. I say we shouldn't strive for that. We should strive to be moved by the Holy Spirit in whatever capacity we should, or he wants to move. Um, but sometimes it happens as, you know, you're doing great. You don't even know what I'm doing. No, but... You know, you're, you're just, you're, the Lord has you where, right where he needs you. And, you know, you're not perfect. You never will be. But holiness is the goal, not perfection, which is a great comfort because holiness is a lot more easier than perfection. <laughs> so, you know, and, and simple stuff like that, as you begin to encourage one another, it builds up the body. And so I want to, to, to just as I was talking about that, I just want to apply this practically. Okay. How do we see healing? It's a very simple question. How do we see healing? A lot of people want to see that, but they don't know how to go about that. And so, very simply, it's in execution. You have to pray for people. You have to ask God to move, move upon them. It, you know, it, and, and if, you're, if you're shy, if you're, if you're like, I don't want you know, to be out in the store and have someone you know, walk up with a cane and I know that I'm... Okay, grow your faith in here first. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, does that mean that you shouldn't pray for those people who, who you feel God laid upon your heart? No, but I'm saying while you can, practice. <laughs> In here, practice. Uh, you know, with your family, practice. Someone has a headache, lay hands on them. Say, Lord, right now, we thank you. And they may not get healed, but don't let that dissuade your faith. You continually exercise faith in those areas. If you need a financial miracle, many, some people, uh, you know, in today's climate, they will go out and they'll just get a loan and they'll, you know, that will give us breathing room. However... The Bible says you'll be the lender and not the borrower. Now, I'm not giving financial advice. However, if you, you should conduct yourself prayerfully. What if God has an, just an, a random odd job for you that's exactly what you need? It's happened to me before. I've given the testimony. There was one time where I didn't have enough money for tithe. It's like everything came out all at once. There was, I had totaled my car. It was just a whole hullabaloo. I didn't have money for tithe. I was given an opportunity to do a wedding that was my, I, I, basically I tithed my tithe and then the tithe from the wedding and I had nothing left over. But praise the Lord, I had a, the ability to tithe. And a few months later, God opened the door for me to walk into a new job where I now make more than enough. And that's, you know, a process, the process of abundance. And that's great. So how do we put, how do we apply that? We first we pray and then we execute. How do we achieve? Uh, how do we achieve peace by loving each other? As <clears throat> I'm sorry, hang on. Okay, so you may say, how do you, how do I see healing? Pray for the sick, but healing outside is a horrible place to stop when you could have peace in your home as well. How do we achieve peace? By loving and preferring one another as Jesus has commanded it. Now, this sounds very 
holy. But at this time when you have the opportunity, it will be very, very difficult. It's simple, but yet it's very complex. So when I have an argument with, let's just say my dad. I love him dearly. He's the pastor, and I honor him. However, I'm also his son. And for whatever reason, we are two polar opposites of each other at times. Preferably when we are working on a group project that is constructing uh, like a fireplace or a trampoline. We've had this multiple times. It's, it's hilarious, uh, but he is very much brute strength, and, and he will force it together. I am very much like read the instructions over and over and over again and count the screws and then I'll do it. Uh, And, you know, he is effective uh, at times because he gets it done quicker than I do. Sometimes I'm more effective because I didn't lose all the screws. So we, we have our strengths and we balance each other out. However, when I want peace between me and him, I'm going to prefer him over myself. That means when he's like, no, I think we should do it this way, and I think that we should do it another way, I give it a shot. What is there to lose? Other than a couple screws, and we can buy them at Home Depot. We're good. So we, we you know, and it may feel like, oh, you know, this is, uh, you know, I, I was right. I, you never, if you want peace, you never gloat to the other person about how right you were, because there will be a time when you are wrong, and you will be super, super wrong. So, when it, peace is achieved by preferring one another. If they have an idea, I want to hear it. I, if, if they have a, a way to do things, I want to know. I, 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 and it may be difficult for me, because I'm, like, I'm not wired to be very touchy-feely and hug on people. However, in here, I hug on people... It seems like a lot. For me, at least, it is. (laughs) And so, uh, why? Because I prefer them, and I want the Lord to move on me however he needs to. I'm not going to be like, no, that's not my my personality type. Because obedience to him determines who I am. We think, oh, well, if, if, like, like a lot of people who come into salvation will think that their former selves are who they truly are. And God is just redeeming that. Actually, who you are is the saved version of you, and that was an imposter. And how how can I say that? Because when you come to Christ, you are now a new creation. Old things have passed away, and all things are made new. Therefore, thinking back on those things in, in in your life before Christ doesn't even know good. Other than if it's for the goodness of God. If it's a testimony, that's one thing. But if it's you feeling like you're distanced from God because of a past mistake, you need to repent and come to the knowledge that you are a new creation. Repentance isn't a bad thing. It's a good thing. It, it, it's God's gift to man so that we don't have to do animal sacrifices. We don't have to do all these things in the Old Testament. We simply have to just say, God, I'm sorry. The, the, that veil was torn for us to have relationship with him. <clears throat> You see, anointing without genuine love for the people will lead to lack of character. And if your character isn't intact, you will repel them from Jesus in the long run. No matter how many people you get saved, if your character is lacking, eventually that will catch up. And then those people who you got saved will now have to stand and watch as you fall. And so we want to be a people of character. But love for people without anointing will lead to lack of power. 
And, pow- and when there's a power vacuum, the devil works overtime to assert himself as leader. We see this in the political spectrum. See, every go- form of government is a theocracy. Right now, there's a bunch of atheistic people claiming to be Christians. Point blank. We would- Roe versus Wade would not be an issue if Christians were truly, if people were truly Christian. Now, there are, Clarence Thomas is a fantastic example of a godly man standing up against, you know, and Amy Coney Barrett, a godly woman standing against, and all the, all the judges, and all these, there's, there's good people in the government. However, we see that our culture is run atheistically, and so there is no God. That's why we see depression and suicide going, and, 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 and diseases ramping up, because the heart of men is failing because there is no God to worship. And so every government is a theocracy, whether it's the Lord in charge or it's Satan, because where there is no God, Satan rules. However, because we are a people placed here in this nation, in this region, in this state, we have the final say. Actually, the Lord has sent us to preserve a nation. We have more power than we give ourselves credit for. Just look at it. Politicians come in, and they, where do they go? They go to the church. They try to manipulate the church into giving them votes. Why, why, am, why am I getting political? Because we see this is the biggest way to see the power vacuum. Killing babies is wrong. Why are we allowing it? Because where there's a power vacuum, Satan rushes in to grab that. And so as we, the church, are ushering in the Holy Spirit once again into this nation, and this isn't just us, but other churches as well, but as we are taking a stand and saying, no, this isn't right, we, the babies are born for a purpose. It doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter if what, what's wrong with them. We're not in eugenics, we love every life that is born. As we take a stand, we see that God is beginning to usher in. People say Christianity is on the decline. It's actually denominations. Christianity is on the uptick. Multiple thousands of people are getting saved in, in America every week. And it, because we have a, we have a, a government that, that worships money and worship, I mean, it's, it's just basically uh, Satan worship that they push negative propaganda all the time. How do we deal with that? We're led by the Spirit. We're led by His Word. Even if things don't look like they're good, they are because the Lord is with us. And, you know, we're, we're bold enough to believe that if we move the Spirit the sovereign God, of the sovereign God, his spirit will move sovereignly on us. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. It doesn't say if my people, the government, will, uh, who, you know, who are called by my name. It's his people. There is no distinction of power. So therefore, as the church, we have um, the ability to see change in our region and in our state and in our nation. That's not in my notes. There you go. Um, the, you see the anointing? Okay, uh, how do we practice this? Okay, how do we practice uh, character and having the anointing? We start with family. Someone has a headache, simply ask, can I pray for you? If it's in here, simply ask a pastor to accompany you and go from there. 
If you see someone in lack, take them to lunch. See how you can bless them. And, and I'll take it a step further. There have been times where I have not had, you know, I've not had, uh, like I've had enough money to, to bless someone. And after that, I had no more money. All the bills were paid, but I didn't have any more, any more money. So by blessing someone, I inadvertently got blessed too. Generosity is never dictated by what you bring home. It's always dictated by what you get from home. You, what the Lord pours out freely gives. We, we freely give it all. Even if you lack um, experience in generosity or in healing, it can only be gained by having the faith to try. If you lack love for people, it can only be gained by dying to yourself and blessing others. What happens is, in closing, what happens is a lot of people will camp out on what the Lord has done for them. God has delivered me from, from all of these great, of, of all these great horrible sins. That's awesome. We love that. However, God didn't deliver you so that you can just talk about it, but you are now a conduit of deliverance. What he has done for us, we get to do for other people. What, he, what we freely get, we freely give. And so we step past the point of, uh, of, of it coming to us. The anointing, when, when it comes upon us, it, it carries immature believers away because what happens is they fall into pride. The character's not there. The character can only be built up by those around them. And yes, through the studying of the word, but you, it's dangerous to go alone. It really is. You never want to be alone with your anointing because your anointing will serve no purpose other than you. But you want people around you, but you never want to be powerless for the people around you. It's, it's, a, it's, it's literally a balancing act. Maybe act is a horrible word, but it's, 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 it's balance. Uh, if, if I pray for someone and I don't love my neighbor that sits beside me in church, which is usually Ryan Weekly, I love him to pieces, but uh, <laughs> Ryan and Ty are back there. But if I don't love Ryan, then I'm failing in what I'm called to do. But if I love Ryan and I'm completely powerless and, and, and I, I'm, I'm not being of any use to the body, well, then idle hands are the devil's workshop. I can love people all the time, but I'm called to something more as well. You know, making disciples and healing the sick and raising the dead are all intertwined in the Great Commission. We don't get away from community for our anointing and our anointing. We don't get away from the anointing because of the community. It all comes together. It all blends. And it's all there for the building of the local church, all, you know, building of the kingdom on a grander scale, but kingdoms are run by smaller governing provinces. As a church, being a part of the kingdom, if we are not interested in building up here, then we miss it. If we are so caught, as a pastor, if I am caught more, my heart is more towards preaching out there than in here, then I've missed it. Why is that? Because if I can't bless my family then I won't be a blessing out there. 
And so we see, you know, we see that the place and the power of the believer comes from those two areas. Loving God, loving people, the anointing, and the love for your brother. We want, to, we want that whole thing to encompass us. We want to be able to pray for the sick, cleanse the lepers, heal the, uh, to, to lay hands on the sick, watch them recover, twice I guess, um, you know, fr- free the captives, raise the dead. We want all of that. And then we also want to be able to look at our brothers and sisters in Christ and say, I'm with you to the end. Nothing you do can separate this bond that we have. The church is here to stay. Even in times where, where it seems like the, the church has been utterly wiped out. We have the most recent stuff happening in China. And we see, we see stuff that has happened prior in the, the Soviet Union. The church always resurrects itself by the Holy Spirit moving upon it. And like when I say resurrects itself, I mean it's not by the willpower of the people. It is by the Holy Spirit moving and the church comes back to life. And so we see that in the underground church and everything like that. I could go on, but we got to dismiss. So go ahead and stand your feet with me. Was this good? Does this make sense? Awesome. Lord, we thank you for everyone here today. God, we thank you for all that you're doing. Lord, we ask for opportunities to, to see your kingdom advanced this week, God. I, Lord, I pray for divine encounters with people, uh, for everyone here, Lord. Let, Lord, any, anything that, that they may be struggling with, anything, let them be able to be a blessing to their community, to their family, to their friends, Father. We thank you for it. And Lord, we ask you for the power and the anointing to see the supernatural this week. I pray that you lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. I pray that you're able to talk to someone who may be struggling with depression or oppression and you see the joy of the Lord come back into their eyes. So right now, Lord, we thank you for everything that you're doing. We bless each and every person. We pray safety as they go throughout their week. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys are dismissed. We love you. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in with us. I pray that this message today has encouraged you. I pray that it's challenged you, uplifted you. I pray that you came away from this message and this encounter with God, knowing that you have literally stepped into a place where you have heard the heartbeat of God and through everything. Now, in this time, I want to talk to you. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ or your relationship is not where it needs to be. Maybe you've walked with God at one point in time and you're no longer walking with Him. Or maybe you say that you're a Christian, but deep down inside, you know there's compromise in your heart. If that is you, I want you to go ahead and pray this prayer with me so that what can happen is we can talk to each other again when we see each other, either in the church or in heaven. So let's go ahead and pray. Just repeat after me. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your Son's blood. I thank you for the life of Jesus and for his resurrection. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I repent of them now, and I ask for you to wipe me clean by your blood. Come into my heart. I receive your salvation, and I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. I walk away from my old life, and I walk into my new life. Thank you, Lord. I am born again. In Jesus' name, 
Now listen, if you prayed that prayer, you are now born again. What I would ask for you to do is I would ask for you to contact the ministry, contact the church, and let us get to you some free material so that you can begin to receive discipleship. See, it's not enough just to pray a prayer. We want you to be discipled. Jesus said, make disciples of all men. So what we want to do is we want to help you in your walk. We want to help you to where you're being able to be discipled and you're being able to walk with Jesus on a daily basis. So thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. If this message has blessed you and you would like to give financially or you would like more teachings from Senior Pastor Dean Wagner, please visit www.theriverfcc.com.